0: I want to talk about the on trial with Trump. That was where the judge in New York and Letitia James both conspired to uh, punish Trump for being Trump. And what happened is that, well, you know, $355 million, that's what he has to pay. They're they're charging him $100,000 a day in interest. I mean, it's a mess. And it's because, basically, it's because these two individuals just don't like Donald Trump. There's nothing more that can be said about it. And there is an actual... Um, ruling that could help Trump absolve this whole thing. And I see if I can find it here. And it has to do with Ruth Ginsburg. And this comes by way of Western Journal. And I want to thank them for coming up with this. But apparently Ginsburg herself made a statement years ago. She died in 2020, but she wrote a majority opinion in 2019 on another case where she argued against using lawfare to take out your political enemies. And I'll paraphrase what happened in 2016. uh, You'll recall that Justice, telling the New York Times that she couldn't imagine Donald Trump as our president. And then she took that statement back and said, you know, it's never a good idea for justice to inject its personal opinion. And so she backtracked a little bit, and she got a lot of criticism for injecting her opinion. And she said, you know, judges should avoid commenting, though her exact words judges should avoid commenting on a candidate for public office. In the future, I will be more circumspect. And it turns out there's a case that goes back to, uh, I think, Indiana, where a man who had been convicted of, I think, possession of drugs might have been marijuana or something like that. But anyway, the authorities took his car, which was valued at like $10,000 for what turned out to be not a huge crime, but it was a crime. But... They appealed the decision, and uh, they looked at the Eighth Amendment, and the Eighth Amendment uh, reads, excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. So that's that's our Second Amendment. That is a guaranteed right that we will not be abused by justice, especially if justice has a grudge against you, a personality conflict. And that's a clear argument for the fact that this Ingron, from the very beginning, denied Trump due process. Especially when you consider that there were no, there was there was no victim, and so his lawyers are going to probably use this defense and say clearly Judge Enron should or Ingeron should not have been the judge, and clearly Letitia James made it very well known that she was going to go after Trump if she got elected. So, you know, just taking those two facts I- into account and what Ginsburg had to say regarding the 8th amendment and sticking to it, this this cannot possibly survive muster, I don't think. So, Trump's appealed it. Uh the damage has been done. The the left has catapulted Trump to the top because they continue to try to indict him on all the different charges whether it's paying hush money to a woman that he had an affair with uh, that he tried to write off allegedly as a campaign contribution. Who knows? I mean, you know, now this thing with, with Mar-a-Lago is up for question because, you know, Trump should have some security clearances It would have made it legal for him to possess these documents because the same presidents, Biden and and even Obama, had documents in their possession. So this is a cherry-picked Uh, a situation where they're using the Justice Department to go after Trump because, frankly, they don't want him to be the president. Now we're hearing that Schumer and some other Democrats are going to reject the Electoral College if Trump were to win the presidency. They're going to object. So basically, (laughs) basically, they're going to do what they're accusing Trump of doing on January 6th, staging a coup if Trump gets elected. If Trump comes out with more electoral votes than Biden, which, you know, I don't know if they're gonna Does anybody know if they're going to be able to do mail-in ballots again? I think under the the conditions of COVID, they allowed it. But I don't know. I'm not hearing that the Democrats have that luxury this time around. Um, But they are doing a better job at getting out the vote. We need to do that, too. The Republicans need to do a much better job. But the choice that we have is really not a good choice. And I wanted to do this segment on this because I am a conflicted person. And the reason I'm conflicted is because while I do believe that Trump himself is more of a metaphor for a pushback against globalism and overreaching government, which is exactly what the Democrats want, they don't seem to be bothered by a surveillance state. They don't seem to be bothered by a government that wants to look into your bank accounts and go through all of your your money. You know, they have a, a new... FCC guideline proposal that they're chewing on. The FCC, of course, runs or is in charge of managing the traffic of our airwaves. Uh, they issue licenses. They do inspections. You have to report. You know, it's a very complicated part of our system, and they control the broadcast airwaves. Well, when President Obama was in office, he wanted all radio stations to give an account of who was on their staff in every radio station. He wanted... An employee count. He wanted to know what the issues that were being broadcast on the local radio station. Basically, he was looking for DEI in broadcasting, which is government sticking its nose in, you know, lining up hallways with diversity officers to make sure that everything is equitable. That's government overreach. That's them making the decision that they need to get in there and make sure that there's nothing wrong going on, that that enough black people there enough Asians, enough women. I mean, it's just complete total overreach. And that's what the Democrats seem to be about. And certainly their green agenda is, is, a, is an example of that because they're going to use carbon net zero policies to invade every business. They've, they've already started it. Businesses now, now have to get a seal of approval. They have to show that they're DEI compliant or ESG compliant. And it's all part of this attempt to gain more control over our lives. So, as a Republican, as a conservative, I don't want that. Trump gives me an escape hatch, but unfortunately, so many people now hate Donald Trump. I mean, viscerally hate Donald Trump. They have been. It's an amazing process to watch that people have such a guttural reaction when they see Trump. They cannot, and I, and I know this because I I I'm am with, with people who hate Trump. There's no, there's not even an ability for me. To be able to have a, a any kind of a meaningful conversation, because it stops at the door. Anything that you and by the way, a lot of people feel the same way about religion. They hate it. They don't understand it. They fear it. They're angry at it, and that has to do with indoctrination. When you see the message enough, you start to believe it. If you are constantly being told that Trump is evil and that he does all of these bad things, that he's going to Destroy our democracy, and this is ongoing. The cacophony of this message has not stopped in eight years. Even well, twenty next year will be. Yeah, he announced his candidacy in 2015, and um, so when you're dealing with that kind of anger, how can you possibly expect anything good to come from a Trump presidency? Because they are going to doggedly bring this guy down as much as they can. They will impede. They will get in the way. They will try to find some distraction. He still has to deal with these court cases. It's it's like even if he were to get elected, they're not going to let him do his job. They're going to do everything they can. And they've got half the country behind them. So that's not a good choice for me. It's not saying I'm going to run over and vote for Nikki Haley. I'm just saying that the outcome would be a lot better if... Trump were to be elected and he were to be allowed to put in his policies that, having done so previously, we saw that the economy got stronger, that people felt better about their lives, there was more security in the business environment. Now, it wasn't a perfect administration, but we certainly didn't have three wars, right? So that's where we're at now, and I think with this particular race, there's no good outcome, because if Trump wins, you've got half the country that wants to urinate all over the place. I mean I mean that metaphorically that they will they will feel like they're in a country run in their mind by Hitler even though that's nothing more than a concoction from all the propaganda. On the other hand if Biden wins then we have a we're going it's like being on the Titanic. You know that eventually the ship is going to go down and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. And it's not just this ship either, it's the rest of the world. The news about CIA being operative in uh, Ukraine puts us a couple seconds. They're going to have to adjust that, what is that, atomic clock? They're going to have to, you know, move it up by about two minutes. That's huge. That gives uh, Putin all the ammunition he needs to do whatever he feels is necessary because now he knows that he's ha- hasn't just been fighting the Ukrainians. He's been fighting U.S. intelligence, and they're involved, Uh for right or wrong, they're involved. And so this thing is going to escalate. I know Biden thinks that there's going to be a ceasefire in Gaza by Monday. I don't think so. I think he's just saying that for political reasons. Uh, there's just, there's no way. And and what is the solution? What, two-state solution? So there's no good outcome here, because if Trump wins by the popular vote and the electoral vote, that doesn't mean that Democrats are going to be letting go of this. The Democrats are still going to go after him, and it's going to hamstring his entire um position as president. Uh, and hopefully he'll be able to withstand it and he'll be able to get some policy in place and get some controls at the southern border, though I, I already think it's too late. The damage has been done. Uh, the it's too late for the exterminators show up, if you know what I mean. Uh, the bugs are already in the house. So um, and then we've got you know Biden, if he wins, what 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 good comes of that? More of the same, only worse. Then we may be stuck for with Kamala for three years because I don't know, you know, think Biden can go another year. So that's where we're at in the world today. And it's not a good picture. And it's it, my heart is heavy. My heart is heavy that we are that close to societal breakdown. Everybody I talk to says that this is the end of something. Something is changing and it, we may have reached a pivotal point. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. I appreciate you stopping by. This is Speaking Out, Jim Watkins. We'll be right back.